Today, we were going to study the book of Mark, our discipleship series, Knowing the Person of Christ, is in the study of the book of Mark. And we will see the 12, no? the fantastic 12, the 12 disciples, and they will learn uh, in a very frightening and terrorizing and even uh, scary uh, learning journey with Jesus Christ. Not because Jesus Christ is a terror teacher, but because of the incident that later we will see as we study of the book of Mark. And then, uh, we will see sa pag-study natin ng uh, book of Mark, actually, we will see how Jesus, the Son of God, is the great discipler, disciple the twelve, and knowing that he is the Messiah. And we continue to study and learn that discipleship actually is a call. So, hindi lang siya basta uh, course, like what we have uh, discussed, uh, Pastor Ruel discussed last week, that uh, when he called Levi or Matthew, no? immediately Levi or Matthew come to Christ. So today, our, our sermon today will be entitled uh, in the book of Mark. But uh, before that, maybe I'll just share you the book of Mark, 16 chapters. In the gospel, we have four gospel. I think the shortest is uh, book of Mark, only 16, 16 chapters. But actually, this book of Mark has almost, in, in, in case if not far, maybe more of all the miracles and the healing of Jesus Christ. Because this book of Mark is like an active. Sabi nga ni Pastor Ruel, napaka-busy ni Jesus Christ pagdating sa book of Mark. Even Dr. Joel Beakey, a theologian, said, that Jesus Christ here is like an active servant. No, very fast-faced. Kaya nga ang paborito ni, ni uh, Mark. And what's the word? Immediately, immediately. So in the book of Mark, in the early or even in the beginning of the verse, see Mark, or actually his name in Acts 12, 12, was John Mark. John, uh, gaya ni Matthew and Levi, dalawang names, si Peter and Simon, Simon Peter, Si Paul, I think, uh, Paul and uh, Saul. So, I think, uso na pala yung double names nung araw. No? But si, si Mark, actually his name is, his Jewish name is uh, John, and his Roman name was Marcus, or in English, Mark. So, magandang pakinggan yung Mark, is Marcus, Marcus is a Roman name. So, prinisen niya si Jesus Christ at the beginning, verse 1, as the Son of God. And then on his inauguration, Jesus Christ's inauguration in, uh, still in chapter 1, God the Father from heaven declared Jesus Christ as, You are my son, my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. So makita natin, really in the book of Mark, the beginning of the book of Mark, Jesus Christ, uh, book, uh, Mark presented Jesus Christ as God. He is God. Sabi nga ni Pastor Ruel, makita natin sa book of Mark, the true nature of Jesus Christ. He is man, he has the human nature of man, and he has divine nature, son of God. So makita natin, he is fully God, fully man, or truly God, truly man. And towards the end of Mark, in Mark 15, makita natin, isa na namang uh, uh, person declared who is Jesus, that he is, son, he is God, he is the son of God a Gentile, a Roman centurion, when Jesus on the cross gave his last breath, 
sabi ni the centurion, truly this man was the son of God. And another apostle or disciple confessed in the middle of the mark was Peter. With cross-reference to Matthew 16, actually the statement na binigay ni Peter is, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. But there are still uh, someone or creature being who confessed that Jesus is God. And guess who is that? Well, believe it or not, the demons. In Mark 3 and even in Mark 5, not only confess but shout with fear and trembling that Jesus is the Son of God. In fact, so Mark 5 says here, Jesus, Son of the Most High God. So, most, most elevated. Makita natin. So, yun ang ating pag-aaralan. And this message that we will be sharing today as we study the book of Mark, and hopefully, as we study the book of Mark, we can understand what is the call of discipleship. So, today, our message is entitled, Changing Lives, the Call of Discipleship. And we will be reading from Mark 5, verses 1 to 20. So, napakagandang story. So, shall we stand and read together? Mark 5, verses 1 to 20. Okay. Let's read. They came to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains, and gashing himself with stones, Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him. And shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, What is your name? And he said to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, Send us into the swine so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission. And coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. Then the herdsmen ran away and reported into the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and observed a man who had been demon-possessed, sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind, the very man who had the legion, and they came and they became frightened. Those who had seen it described to them how it had happened to demon-possessed men and all about the swine. And they began to implore him to leave their region. As, as he was getting into the boat, 
The man who had been demon-possessed was imploring him that, that might accompany him, and he did not let him, but he said, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And verse 20, And he went away and began to proclaim in the capitalists what great things Jesus had done to him, and everyone was amazed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this moment that we can share your word, God. Your word, your pure word, God. May your compassion, may your love and mercy, O God, we understand. And may your name be magnified as we feast on your word. All this, Lord, we pray in the power of your Holy Spirit. Enlighten our hearts, O God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, let us uh, sit down. In this world, uh, countries show their power, their might, by their military strength, by their arsenal's capability. And what are those, for example, jets, missiles, helicopters, tanks, and even number of soldiers. Paramian soldiers, like what we are, what like what we are currently uh, watching now in uh, in the current news on the Russia and uh, Ukraine conflict. That's how countries show their power to the rest of the world. You know what? Jesus came, the Son of God. Imagine the Son of God didn't came and show his power by building military armaments by building missiles, or even recruiting uh, soldiers with weapons. You know what? He displays power by this one word. And what is that word? That word is compassion. Three years, Jesus Christ, in his earthly ministry, I think in the land of Israel, even the nearby region, all the sicknesses and even demon-possessed people blind, the lame, lepers, uh, ladies with the uh, sicknesses, I think all of them vanish because of compassion. In Mark chapter 6 and even Mark chapter 8, where thousands and thousands of followers of Jesus Christ rallied for him, followed him. Not because meron siyang election, no? Katulad nangyayari sa Pilipinas, there's an election rally uh, from Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao. But all, many people follow Jesus Christ. It's because they want to get healed. They want to see Jesus and hear teaches Jesus' teachings. And they want to be blessed. That's why in Mark 6 and Mark chapter 8, there's, they didn't want to go home. They want to stay, but problem is they were hungry. There's no kopi chiam. There's no hawker center. There's no one who bring food. Maybe they, some bring food, but it's finished. But what Jesus did, he did a miracle. No? And they, uh, Jesus gave them the best uh, loaves that they can eat. Imagine, miracle by Jesus from J bread, no? Jesus bread. And all of this is because he felt compassion. It's the same compassion that brings us to Mark chapter 5. And, um, and I, I, I don't know, but I, maybe I tend to imagine, maybe you can imagine as we journey this Mark 5, maybe 
you imagine yourself that you are with the disciples and see how you learn. How is discipleship uh, done by Jesus Christ? So for this uh, Mark chapter 5, what I did, I went to Sea of Galilee. I went to Capernaum. I went to um, Gerasene, the other side. And I took some pictures. Of course, I traveled online. So, hindi ko kaya ang gawin yun. Hindi ako katulad ni Brother Richard that he visited uh, really Israel. So, if you want to know Israel for real, uh, check Brother Richard Vergara. So, makita natin. So, this is the picture of uh, Sea of Galilee. So, they called Sea of Galilee by tradition. But in fact, it's just a lake. It's a freshwater lake from the Jordan River. There's another lake downside, meaning in the Judea, in the southern part. They called it Red Sea. Ah, no, Red Sea. Uh, yeah, Red Sea. I think Red Sea. So, yun naman is salty, ito, fresh water. So, on your left side is the west side of the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus used to minister always. So, whole day, and nagminister siya, nagpagaling, and preach. And then almost towards the end of the day, around 3 p.m., because they, they, they count differently in timing. They, he said in, to his disciples in Mark, chapter 4, no, the early chapter in verse 35, let us go to the other side. Of course, maybe the disciples thought, okay, it's time to rest. No? Anyway, mga disciples naman, nakaupo lang eh. Si Jesus Christ lagi preaching, healing, and then medyo relax ang disciples. But anyway, they want, maybe they thought they want to go for relaxing, go to the other side. Kaya, okay, we will go. So they went to Capernaum in uh, 4, and they traveled to uh, the other side. It's around 9, or around 10 kilometers. So when I Google it, around 2 hours, or less, to, less than 2 hours by sail, you can go to the other side. Hindi pa uso no yung, yung ferry, uh, speedboat, hindi pa uso. Kaya sail lang. So yung maglalayag ka lang, use the power of the wind. So I took some pictures of Capernaum looking to, to the other side. Ang ganda niya. Ito yung Capernaum in the west side of Sea of Galilee. May boat dyan, pero hindi yung boat na ginamit nila. I think tourist boat ito na nakalagay lang dyan. Yan. So napakaganda ng view ng uh, ng Capernaum. And then to the other side in the in the garrisons or modern day ang tawag nila ay Kursi on the east side of Sea of Galilee. Ito yung view which is napakaganda niya na panahon ngayon. And then, tignan natin, ano ba yung boat na ginamit? In 1986, they found, uh, I mean, due to excavation, they found this boat which most likely uh, the boat used during Jesus' time. And they suspect maybe this is the real Jesus boat that he used. You see there is mass, you can you know, open the sails, the cloth, and then, and then sails goes, go on. Pero the good thing na nakita ko rito is yung capacity. Capacity is 15 person. So 12 disciples plus Jesus Christ. Pero ka pang dalawa, pwede si Rocky and si Serge. <laughs> pwede sumabay, no? pwede sumabay. So yan ang kanyang itsura uh, ng boat. So what they did is, okay, let's go to the other side and they sail somewhere in the middle. Something happened in Mark chapter 4. And what is that? That's why I said they learn, uh, they have this frightening experience in learning. What happened in 4? There's a storm and wind, no? And then due to the strong storm, the waves, no, almost filling up yung water, yung boat nila. 
And Jesus, because he's tired, like what uh, uh, Pastor uh, Ruel preached, that Jesus Christ has two nature, yung kanyang human nature, kaya pagod siya. He's really tired. Imagine uh, in miracle, healing, and preaching, and even though there's storm, because he knows he's at peace, no? With, with the safety of God the Father, he's still sleeping. Pero yung mga disciples niya, all scared to death. And then they finally, we cannot, we have to, we are going to die, we are going to sunk. Wake up the master, wake up Jesus. So wake up, wake up Jesus, wake up Jesus. And Jesus woke up and rebuked the wind, rebuked the storm and finished. No more storm. They are scared before, all the more they get scared, frightened. Because who is this Jesus that even the storm able to command, no? to, to stop? Well, I mean, uh, my wife, we staying in Mindoro, so we go ba- from Batangas to Mindoro. There is, um, I call this ferry, and then sometimes there is storm. So I try this to, to rebuke the storm, but nothing happens. <laughs> so it doesn't work that way, no? Kaya interpretation ng narrative is really, uh, hindi, hindi ganon, hindi siya doctrine, doctrines. Iba yung narratives sa interpretation. So what happened? They reached the other side safely, but of course, still scared. But still scared deep inside, sabi rito sa verse 2 ng Mark 5, But when he got out of the boat, immediately, another, another word ng immediately. But the thing for me, I don't like immediately here. Because he says here in verse 2, Immediately, a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. Bigla na lang may bumulaga. No, na demon-possessed man. Actually, sa account of Matthew, there are two demon-possessed men. But since it seems Mark and Luke focus on the person who always talking, so it seems they focus on the one person. So, ano kaya ang condition ng demon-possessed man na ito? Tignan natin. Sabi sa verse 2, with unclean spirit, it means he has a demons inside, inhabited by demons, controlled by demons. Ano pa? He dwells among the tombs. It means, nagka-quarantine siya sa tombs. Doon ang quarantine facility niya. Hindi siya lumalabas doon lang. And, 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 and information, for information po, ang tombs noong araw, not the same as now. Tombs before, they just put the body inside and close the the and roll the the stones the cover not saying now you have to you know, really put at uh, six feet under but there there's no not so not so much uh, safety or hygiene so that's the situation another sabi doon sa macho in account because this par not parable this story is uh, same uh, account can be seen in the book of Matthew and the book of Luke. In the book of Matthew, he says this demon, possessed man, is extremely violent. It means in verse 4, if I may read to you again, uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 4, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. Makita mo, meron siyang shackles. Shackles is for the feet, the chains for the body and the hands. And the chains had been torn apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces and no one was strong enough to subdue him. I think ilang barangay na ang nagtulong-tulong to really put chains and shackles but no hope. He's really wild, extremely violent, restless. He cannot 
sit down. He cannot, I think he don't sleep. And then in Luke, again, he says, he, has, he didn't put a clothes for a long time, meaning he's naked. Only the underwear lang ang natitira. And then disturbed and in pain because in verse 5, it says, constantly night and day, he was screaming among, uh, among the tombs and in the mountains and gashing himself. Gashing means, means uh, like cutting but, but with deeper wounds. Kaya makita natin, I think the illustration somehow uh, accurately described that he has his blood, he has blood everywhere because of the deep wounds he did to himself. In summary, this man is a wretched, hopeless, and a tragic case. Perhaps maybe in his lifetime he committed great and numerous sins. That's why thousand later we will see how many how many demons inside. How the thousand of demons inhabited this person because of what he did during his lifetime. And I'm sure people in that region feared and even hated this demon possessed guy. If they can do something, maybe if they can pay someone to maybe kill or maybe remove this person, they will do it. But they cannot. They don't have the power. And they, even the people there are hopeless. They hated him so much because they cannot sleep. This guy shouting night and day. I think afternoon lang sila nakatulog kasi night and day. Then maybe afternoon. <laughs> afternoon nap time. But you know what? Jesus felt compassion. Like the compassion he felt in Galilee, like the passion he felt during the feeding of the 4,000, the 5,000, Jesus felt compassion. Imagine whole day of ministry, and then they traveled to, to the other side. You know, the weariness didn't stop him. Like the Samaritan woman, he traveled to Samaria. The weather didn't hinder him. And even the situation of this guy didn't discourage Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to show compassion. It is a pure compassion. That's why discipleship is a call for compassion. Actually, it's the same compassion that Jesus felt that saves us when we were sinners, when we are doing sins, when we thought to ourselves, there's no hope for me. I am a great sinner. How can I go to heaven? It's the same compassion that you and I receive from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's why Romans 5, 8 says, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinning, committing sin, Jesus Christ's compassion doesn't stop there, Jesus' compassion saves us. For Jesus is the Son of God who has compassion, no matter what your condition. That's why discipleship is a call for compassion. And what's the meaning of compassion? Compassion says to feel pity, to show mercy. Actually, in the root word of compassion in Latin, it says to suffer with. It means if I want to show compassion to Romina, I have to suffer with Romina. I have to understand what he's going through. 
That is Jesus Christ. This is the God whom we worship just now. We sing praises. This is Jesus Christ. No other God like him. There's no other God has that compassion except him. And look what kind of compassion that Jesus is teaching us. This compassion has no respecter of person. Jesus is a Jew. And this guy, the demon-possessed guy, is a Gentile. That's why there are many pigs, pig swine, pig farms. And you know, Jewish can, will not integrate with non-Jewish, with the Gentile. But when Jesus shows compassion, no matter who you are, you can receive the compassion of Jesus Christ. His compassion is no respecter of race, no respecter of culture. Jesus' compassion is for all. This is what the call of discipleship, the call for compassion. The compassion has no, no bound. Knows no bound. Boundless of compassion in Jesus Christ. That's why it's heartbreaking sometimes when, you know, when someone you heard and, and tell you the stories that there are some who profess Christians, that someone profess followers of Christ, yet mistreating others, yet so unkind. It's not discipleship of Jesus Christ. The discipleship of Christ is a call for compassion. And what compassion could cause us? It could cause us our personal agenda. If we want to show compassion, it may cause us some portion of our money. If we want to show compassion, it will cause us our comfort. So discipleship is a call for compassion. What happened next? In verse 6 and 7, it says, seeing Jesus from a distance, meaning the demon-possessed man, he ran up and bowed down before him and shouting with a loud voice. I don't know why demons always shout. No? I, I think it's because of this. What business do we have with each other, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God, meaning swear to me, do not torment me. You know, demons always, uh, almost all of the, the demons' lives in, in, this demon, in this guy is to torment the guy. Now when they saw Jesus, do not torment me. Parang unfair naman, no? no they are, what they are doing is to torment the, the, the person, the two person. But when Jesus Christ came, they asked for mercy. What's this? It means they know, the demons know who is Jesus. He is the Son of God and one day, that Jesus Christ will come and judge the demons. Either the demons, when Jesus Christ judged, they will go to the bottomless pit, like what happened in Genesis 6, remember? That's why the ginunaw ng Lord, yung at si Noah and family na lang ang natira. It's because of the demons, no? They, they get intermingled with the uh, son of men. Uh, makita natin that they are two only, either the lake of fire or the bottomless pit. But when they check their calendar, because these demons are really biblically knowledge, they know who is Jesus, and they know there, there, is, there will be time for them to, to, to be judged. But when they check their time, hey, it seems too early, cried Jesus. What business do we have? It's not your time for us to judge us. 
But of course, when they saw Jesus Christ, that's why I put all caps lock, because they're always shouting, it's because when they saw Jesus Christ, the Son of God, they are all scared to death because they thought they might go to lake of fire or the bottomless pit. They fear, they trembles. They use the vocal cords of the person they inhabited to shout because all of them are scared. Because you know what it says? I think you know that in Hebrew 10.31, it says it is terrifying, frightening thing to fall into the hands of the living God. They know it. They know the Bible. These demons are biblically knowledgeable. I think mas mas may alam pa sila sa atin. But what's the difference? They fear God and trembling. Even some, uh, some you know, we don't fear God. They even don't tremble. But demons fear and trembling. But what's the difference is they have fear, but they don't have faith. We have fear and we have faith. That's why it is by grace that you have been saved through fear. No, through faith. They have, they don't have they have fear, but they don't have faith. But in Christ, because of his mercy and grace, he gave us the faith to believe. And then we continue in verse uh, 9 to 10. Uh, maybe just a, a comment here. It says here, son of the most high God. Normally, we didn't see this in New Testament. This can be seen in Old Testament. In Genesis 14, Abraham used it during the Melchizedek encounter. So makita natin how biblically knowledgeable itong mga demons. Even uh, panahon pa ni Abraham, they know. And also in verse 9 to 10, makita natin that these demons are many, thousands. They call legion. In Romans, when they say legion, I think it's around 5,000 plus. So ganun karami yung mga yung pumasok doon. So it means a uh, and, and then in verse 10, and he began to implore, beg him earnestly not to send them out of the country. It means the demons that, we, that they are facing, that they were facing actually conquers that country, that Decapolis. They are the reigning because all of the people there scared by these demons. So they, they are begging, please Jesus, don't send me to the lake of fire, don't send me to the bottomless pit. Maybe you can send me to the swine. Sabi niya ron, send us into the swine. Meron siyang pig uh, farm doon. Meron siyang nagpipig farm dahil nga Gentile. So they said they are selling, you know, this uh, pork. You know, the Romans really like pork. So they are selling these uh, pigs to the market of the Romans. But, makita natin is uh, Jesus gave them permission. So it means demons' movement are limited and under control of divine authority ni Jesus Christ. So, hindi sila basta makamove without the permission of Christ. It means God allows and God permits them to go into the swine. And reminded me on the authority Jesus said in Matthew 18, remember the Great Commission in verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then, ang maganda doon sa Matthew 28 on verse 19, he said, make disciple. Actually, yung word na go is not the main emphasis because it seems automatic. Lahat ng mga followers ni Christ will go. We'll go somewhere else. We'll go to Singapore. We'll go to Canada. We'll go to 
uh, Australia will go to Manila. O, di ba? Ganon kay standard ang Manila, no? Canada. Uh, <laughs> so all of us were going, but the, the authority given by Christ is to make disciples. It means itong discipleship program natin is actually not a program by the living word. It is the program of the Son of God. It is part of God's redemption for the whole world. It's to make disciples. Kaya nga yung ating discipleship is a call with authority. So hindi lang siya sinabi ni Pastor Dan or Pastor Well, of course we will follow them. But actually this call is from the higher, from the, from the Son of the Most High God. Kaya nga discipleship is a call with authority. So what is, what is that to us, that authority? In application, in a simple application, the Lord uses our pastors, our church leaders, our care group leaders, our ministry leaders to disciple us. So with that authority, I think it's the rightful response is to be submissive, to submit to them, to, to, to support them, thank, thank them, thank, be thankful to them, appreciate them. And even pray for them. For they are in the authority to help us grow. Sabi nga ni Peter, actually Peter, if there is Timothy to Paul, meaning Timothy is the disciple of Paul, there is Mark to Peter, meaning Mark is the discipler, disciple of Peter. And most of his information on writing the book of Mark is actually from Paul. And Paul in his last letter, his instruction is, to grow and in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So grow in the grace and especially the knowledge of knowing Christ. That's why Pastor Well and Pastor Dan emphasize that the book of Mark is the right time to know the person of Jesus Christ. So we see the condition of the man. We see the encounter of the man with Jesus Christ. Now we will see the change. You see the change. What happened? In verse 14 and 15, the herdsman ran away and reported in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. Reminded me of the Samaritan woman. No? He reported all what happened to, and he found the Messiah. I found the Messiah. Then they came. So, mga, hindi naman siguro marites, no? pero it makes sense. No? You, 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 you tell what happened. And then they came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed, sitting down, clothed, and in his right man, mind, the very man who had the legion, and they became frightened. So what's the change? Had, meaning past tense, sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind. So it means what happened was he was delivered, verse 15. The demons were cast out. Walana, he's set free. And then, in uh, verse 15, he's sitting down. Finally, he can sit down. He is in restful condition. Imagine how many days of his life, shouting, day and night, running, hiding. And then, what happened else? And then, he's clothed in, and in his right mind. So, naked, now he's clothed. He's uh, crazy, lunatic, now in right mind. He has a decency harmless, and healed. 
last time he is in pain because he is cutting you know, the, 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 the flesh even to the bones. That's why he's bloody. Actually, this morning service, I managed to talk to one of our elders and, showed, and shared to me his experience. He had a classmate in high school who used to cut himself. So he, he told me that his classmate used to cut himself. Then he asked why he's doing it. It's because to, re, to release the pain, to release the stress. And because someone is telling him to cut himself. So it means, he, he, when, when we heard this uh, message, he remembered that classmate. And then after a while, he don't have communication. But when he checked his Facebook, he saw this guy again. Because recently, he learned that he started to, you know, to attend church. He started to involve in ministry. And now he's good. He has his own family. And he has his, uh, his own work. So it means it's really true that I remember John 10.10. 10, you know, it says the, uh, the, the thief come to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. So it means the demons, you know, the legions of demons telling this guy, Come, cut yourself, cut yourself, cut yourself. But now in his right mind, I think I believe Jesus even healed the wounds. He is good as, as before, as better than before maybe. And then actually in verse 19 later we will see, Jesus Christ told him to go home to your people, meaning to your family. So it means last time he used to dwell among the tombs with no social life, no family, no Facebook, no uh, everything. But now he can go home, can see his parents, can see his ch children, maybe that child. He can see maybe his wife or girlfriend. That he can see, he can enjoy again the family. So really, you know, the encounter with Christ will change our lives. That's why I believe when we encounter Jesus, the Son of God, it is a life-changing experience that compels us to follow Jesus. That's why discipleship is a call to change lives. Finally, he's free. He has no burden. And this is a wonderful and solid evidence that there is no hopeless situation. Because for me, for maybe most of us will say, oh, that's hopeless. But this is the testimony that there's no hopeless situation, that there's no dark situation that Christ cannot rescue us. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and He is there to save us. Sabing as a Mark 10, the 45, He is the servant. That is not to be served, but to serve as a, and give His life as a ransom for many. Like what I said, when you encounter Jesus Christ, the Son of God, it will be a life-changing encounter that compels you to follow Christ. I think that's what happened to this guy. He wants to follow Christ, but later on we will see he did not, the Lord did not permit him. And I believe you and I are keep coming here to church, not to see our pastors. Well, of course, good to see our pastor well, Pastor Dan, and among the brethren. It's the gift of enjoying the fellowship. But all the more, there is something that compels us to follow the righteousness of Christ. It is because of the life-changing encounter we have with Christ. And then, like what I said, 
he was getting to the boat, meaning Jesus and uh, the disciples. I don't know. I didn't see the disciples. Maybe when the demons came, all the disciples went back to the boat. It seems only Jesus Christ was outside the boat. And then the disciples are just watching because they are all scared. They get scared with the, you know, with the storm. They get scared with the authority of Christ. He just, by the sword, rebuke the wind and the storm. And then another scary moment is this uh, demon possessed. I think better to stay on the boat, Sabini Peter, and then they follow them. So Jesus Christ going uh, back to the boat. Maybe he spent a few hours, so he's still without, still can, it's a daytime. And then this demon-possessed guy was begging him that he might go with them, not with Jesus Christ. But verse 19, he did not let him, meaning he did not permit him. So when the demons asked permission, okay, you want to go to swine? Okay, you go. But this guy wants to go with Jesus because we, we, we are followers of Christ. We have to follow Christ. But how come this guy didn't permit him? That's how you know, uh, God works in miracles. Right? We, don't want, we don't understand sometimes. But actually, there is a plan. So we see the, the condition of the man. We see the encounter. We saw the chains. Now he's on a mission. The mission. Because discipleship is a call to proclaim Christ. So discipleship is a, for, is a call for compassion. Discipleship is with is a call with authority. Discipleship is, uh, is to change life. And this one, discipleship is to proclaim Christ. Kaya pala, hindi siya hinayaan na sumama ni Jesus Christ sa bangka. Though may space, di ba? Merong 15. Uh, siguro may iwan si Brother Rocky. <laughs> kasi 15 na sila. So, sasama sila. So, may iwan. O mag, uh, siguro kasama rin si Sarge. No? Mag-honeymoon muna sila. Or... Maganda yung place, no? But discipleship is really to proclaim Christ. Because in verse 19, sabi ni Christ, Go home to your people, to your family, it means, and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how He had mercy on you. He did not insist what He wants, but simply obey what Christ wants. Following Christ or discipleship is not to do what actually we want. It is what Christ wants. It is Christ-centeredness, not self-centeredness. It is like what Pastor uh, Dan, Dan, uh, Pastor Ray, na keep on pounding, deny yourself, deny yourself. It is actually deny yourself and affirming and proclaiming Christ. And the question is, how did he proclaim Christ? He, did he study the Bible, go to IBI, enroll in uh, uh, SOL? No. He just tell the story. Tell the story of what the Lord has done to him and how he had mercy on him. So it means we do not, be, we do not need to be biblically trained to proclaim Christ. When we encounter Christ, when we have personal encounter with Christ, it is the most important and the most challenging story that you will have and share to others. It's not because, oh, I went to IBI. No, the people will not understand. 
but tell them what Jesus has done for you and how he had shown mercy on you. Then they will know that Jesus is the Son of God. And maybe perhaps he did what he did, he go to his family night and day. Last time he's shouting night and day, but this time he's sharing night and day. He went to neighbors, he went to, he went to the friends from different places, places in the region of Decapolis. Decapolis meaning Deca meaning ten, polis meaning cities, ten cities, all Gentile region, non-Jewish. That's why uh, kung gusto nila mag-pork steak, tatawid sila. And then, babalik doon. <laughs> so, yun. Yun ang ginagawa nila. Ginagawa niya. He was not biblically trained like the Samaritan woman, but he, they just, he just tell the story of how Jesus had mercy on him. So, remember the most powerful story of your life is when you had a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ. So, in summary, Discipleship is a call. It's a call. It's not just a theme of our church. It's not just a course that we can attend. It's not just um, uh, activities that we can be that we can complete. But actually, discipleship is a call. It's a call for compassion, call with authority, a call to change lives, and a call. To proclaim Christ. Well, what happened at the end of the story? Well, in verse 20, he went away and began to proclaim the Decapolis, what great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. Well, we don't know really it did happen because we don't know their names. The Bible didn't give their names. But actually, there is a hint. There is a clue. If you go if you go to the book of Mark and find the Decapolis, there are two uh, uh, verses only in the book of Mark that this word appears. One in Mark 5, another one in Mark 7, which is one year after, if you follow the biblical line. One year after, this, the word Decapolis appears again. And in Mark 7, verse 31, it says again, see Jesus Christ went out from the region of Tyre, and came through Sidon of the Sea of Galilee within the region of Decapolis. Meaning, after a year, Jesus Christ went back to Galilee, minister again, whole day, and he gets tired, and he wants to get rest. This time, he went to Tyre and Sidon to get rest, where he met the Syrophoenician woman. You know the story, Mark, in Mark 7. And then he, go to, he goes straight to Decapolis. It's the same place where he met uh, the demon possessed last year, that last year. And guess what? What happened in verse 32? They brought to him one who was deaf and spoke with difficulty. It means they bring those who are sick. It means someone have told them that this Jesus Christ is compassionate, that this Jesus Christ is with authority to heal sickness, banish even demon possessed, that this guy, Jesus, can change lives. And this guy, Jesus, is the Son of God. Question is, who do you think that told them, the person that told them? 
What's the answer? The demon possessed. That's right. And now the challenge is we have to do likewise. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, O God, for this moment of uh, sharing your feasting of your word and also learning that discipleship, Lord, is a call. It is very hard, Lord, to be a disciple. But we are joyful because you gave us your Holy Spirit that compels us, Lord, to follow you. Lord, we pray, like Jesus, that we become compassionate to others. That, Lord, with authority, that we can exercise our faith, that we can pray for those who are discipling us. Lord, we pray that use us as a vessel, as an instrument to change lives of people. It's the very evidence that this word, that this Bible is true because it can change lives because your word is true. Your, its power is a double-edged sword, oh God. Lord, help us, Lord, that in our lives we can proclaim Christ. It's good to have this biblical training but actually, what we have learned today is we have the powerful story in our lives when we encounter Jesus, the Son of God, who is full of compassion, who has all the authority, who has the power to change lives. And in His name, all will be saved. Thank you, God, for reaching out to us. In our darkest moments, oh God, nothing is impossible to you. You have shown us, Lord, that there is hope in every situation, in every person. Lord, help us not to hate people, but to love people. Help us, Lord, that that love that you have shown to us, the great things that you have given us, even the mercy that you we receive, O oh God, from you. May we live it, and may we do it likewise. Thank you, God, all glory and honor and power is yours in the power of your spirit and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Sam. May we all do likewise, disciple others, and heed the call of God to disciple other people. And we share our testimony uh, and pro to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. May I request the congregation to please stand and let's receive the Lord's benediction. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And the people of God will respond with amen, amen, and amen. May the Lord be with you, dear brothers and sisters. And for those of you who have joined online, thank you so much for being with us. We hope to see you again next week. And for those of you who will be attending the AGM, please stay and have your uh, names, uh, have yourselves registered after the service. Maraming pong salamat and good day.